Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we continue through the Apostles' Fast, looking forward to next week to the celebration of the Feast of the Glorious Apostles, Peter and Paul, uh, I am especially mindful of Father Deacon's sermon that he gave on Sunday, imploring, uh, encouraging uh, the reading of the lives of the saints. What's really nice about having Vespers on Wednesday night, besides Wednesday night is kind of a sacrosanct thing down here in the South to have church, uh, is that we always get to hear uh, the hymns for the apostles. So if you hear, you know, listening, uh, you hear Eusebius being interwoven there, but it is always on Wednesday evening going to be hymns for the apostles. Uh, and the name is apostolic labors, the things that they taught, what they did, uh, and that our church, of course, is built on the very foundations, framework of the church is apostolic. And being encouraged to think about the lives of the apostles and the lives of the saints, uh, maybe some of you are wondering, okay, Father Deacon, how now then do I get access to these mythical lives of saints? Uh, I hear about it in the hymns, but how do I actually get my hands on it? Well, one of those places uh, that I would recommend that won't cost you anything besides the fact that you already have the internet uh, is OCA.org and going to the Lives of the Saints. That you will get many uh, Lives of the Saints for free. That you can just open it up, go on the website. It's even today, you'll go there, go to Lives of the Saints, and it'll pull up the Lives of the Saints for today. You can even go and look. I wonder. What? Who are the saints are on my birthday? Or, you know, what about this? And you can go and read the lives of the saints. Uh, there are, of course, many ways in which we learn about the saints. Of course, we hear about the saints in the hymnody of the church, and specifically these come from the books uh, called the Menaean. Uh, but there is also then a, another set of books called Synoxarian, which is the kind of collation of the actual lives of the saints. So the Menaean is for the hymns that are dedicated to the saints, and then the Synoxarian is dedicated to the actual reading of the lives of the saints, such as if we, what we know about them. They were born to pagan parents in 333 outside of Antioch. They were, became Christians because they you know, that kind of story. There is then, I'm going to suggest this evening, it's why I have this pretty book in my hand, uh, is kind of a Synoxarian, kind of a man, kind of a, uh, a three, four in one. This is uh, a book that's called, this comes in two volumes, so this is the first volume that's about to run out, and the second volume is in the next half of the year. Uh, that was collated and put together by St. Nikolai Vedomirovich, who was a Serbian saint of the last century. Uh, the prologue of Oka, this used to be online when I first became Orthodox. I could just look up the day and you could just read it online. I don't. Maybe if you know how to do archive or wayback machine, you might be able to pull that off. Uh, but I haven't been able to find it again. Uh, this is, uh, this is, you can already probably tell, this is going to put you back at least a penny or two. Uh, but I highly recommend if you're looking, how do I read about the lives of the saints? 
I'm looking for something, so I have my, you know, my daily prayers. I, I know what the lectionary, I know where to find the lectionary, and now I've heard about Lives of Saints. This is a good resource, uh, not only because it has Lives of Saints. So, for example, for who we started commemorating tonight, since according to Jewish and church time, we're now on June 22nd. Uh, tomorrow, according to our kind of civil way of understanding things, uh, we're seeing about Eusebius, and it has a short entry on the life of uh, St. Eusebius, the Holy Martyr Zeno, Zeno, and his servant Zenos of Philadelphia, and Arabia in 304, and then a list of saints. And then what is peculiar to the prologue of Oakridge, I'm, I'm trying to sell you on a resource here, okay? Uh, this is a nice conglomeration, not just of lives, but also of kind of devotional material, period. And it coming at it from different angles. So there's a hymn of praise, which is um, basically a little hymn by him. It doesn't have like a melody. Here's how you're going to sing this. But a hymn of praise from the Saints Eusebius, Miletius, and uh, Pelagius that is in here. Not that Pelagius, another Pelagius. Common name. Uh, and then it has in here reflection, contemplation, and a homily. And they're not all thematically joined together. So this is a book that can serve you for years. You're already going to forget probably the reflection of a homily in a year unless it really, really, really sticks out to you. But there's sometimes you're looking through it and reading about it and it really strikes you. Uh, or a contemplation. I'm just going to read the contemplation for tomorrow. Contemplate the miraculous dumbness or mutedness of Zacharias the high priest in Luke. Right, when the angel appears to him and mute, you know, he can't speak. One, how Zacharias did not believe the angel of God that the aged womb of his wife could conceive and give birth, and how he was struck dumb because of this in accordance with the words of the angel. Two, how I, too, am as though struck dumb when I cannot sufficiently speak about God's miracles because my faith is small. Just that contemplation could guide your mind, convict you for the rest of the day. How much I speak idly, how I'm struck dumb because I really don't have that much faith in God, so I can't even really speak about Him. Uh, then it also could remind you of different times in Scripture where angels have appeared, uh, the reactions to that, Samuel, you know, hearing his voice being called out, all of these things. It just has nothing to do with the lectionary. It's not the morning prayers, but it's another little tidbit uh, to be able to pick up to reflect upon. I'm also going to share the homily, because the homilies in here are, I find typically to be pretty powerful, and they're short. This is like three paragraphs. Uh, a homily on how the slothful man excuses himself. The slothful man says, a lion is outside. Proverbs 22, 13. It's a nice proverb. The slothful man says, there's a lion outside. Right? I'm not going to go outside. There's trouble outside. Right? In order to justify his slothfulness, the slothful man emphasizes the difficulties and the obstacles of a certain task and magnifies them beyond measure. If a man annoys him, he will say the entire village annoys him. If the leaves rustle, he will claim that he's unable to go to work because of a storm. If a rabbit is in front of his house, 
you will say, it is a lion. He says this in order to avoid leaving his house and delay his work. Slothfulness is completely contrary to the nature of man. The nature of man is activity. The nature of man seeks to be occupied, to work, to build. Slothfulness is a sure sign of the distortion of nature in man. That slothfulness is a terrible vice is clear, and that the active man is never envious of the slothful man. You ever see somebody who's really active and getting stuff done? Like, man, I wish I could be slothful. Nope. Well, the slothful man is envious of the active man. In the same manner, the sober man is not envious of the drunkard, while the drunkard is envious of the sober man. O Lord, ever active creator, save us from the dull and sinful slothfulness by which we distance ourselves from our first created nature. From thine image and likeness, O master of all things, inspire us with the Holy Spirit, <coughs> ever active, enjoy creating, to thee be glory and praise forever. Amen. What a nice little homily. <laughs> yeah, I'm never envious of slothfulness. I like it a lot. <laughs> I make all sorts of excuses. I see little things and say, I can't do that today because I'm sitting here. These little bits is something I encourage. Uh, there is always ups and downs in our spiritual life, ebbing and flowing of our spiritual life. Things that maybe fed us when we first came to the church Things that maybe fed us before we were in the church now don't seem to really make any sense. Things that feed us now, uh, but that maybe in a few months or years they don't feed us the same way. Maybe the morning prayers, you know, transitions in life, family transitions, getting married, having kids, having more kids, having kids move out of the house. All of these transitions and things create new opportunities to disrupt our spiritual life. Give us not just opportunities for excuses, but also just the practicality of how we're actually going to pick up and read, pick up and pray, pick up and attend, but that usually we don't feel very inspired to do it. So part of me drawing your attention to this is another tool in the toolbox, as it were. So if morning prayers are something that's starting to drag a little bit, it's something where I would recommend, you know, pick up the Psalter. Start doing maybe just a psalm a day and just do the Chisagan prayers and just do a psalm. If you, uh, there's particular devotion, especially since we're going to be entering into the Dormition Fast and not that long really, over a month and a half, there's a lot of beautiful prayers to the Mother of God. Maybe during Dormition Fast, just picking up and doing in particular this, I, got, I can give you some really long prayers to the Mother of God that can take up your entire morning prayer at time. Or something like the prologue of Ovid, where you can get a life of the saint. Maybe you just go for a year just to the reflection, to the contemplation, or the homily. But that it is good sometimes to mix things up, to be uh, creative is maybe one word, or maybe adventuresome. Do something different if you're in a rut. Find something else to attend to. Uh, what I find is typically God would call and ask me to do those things, He's going to show up in ways that I never could see that actually working out, and there he is. Late night, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I picked up the prologue, and I read that softball comment, and I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, look things up. Ask if you need help with something. 
Uh, but I highly recommend Lives of the Saints, Prologue of Ophrid, uh, and may the prayers of the apostles who we are fasting, uh, praying to, especially this time, uh, guide us so that we especially can be mindful of our, our own mutedness, but also of our slothfulness in ways in which we need to ask Christ to come in and return us to that good, divine activity of the love of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.